Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, let's look at it together, and I'd like for you to read verses 9 through 11 all together. Let's uh, read out loud and loudly, and let's fill this house, this place with the voice of God's word today. Can we? Ready? Read. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that as we read your word today, and as we go over this, Lord, that it wouldn't just be a message of information, but that it would be revelation, Lord, and illumination and transformation of your word. Change us because of the word of God today. Custom tailor it. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts individually so that we can know you better and your plan for our lives in Jesus name and all of us said in faith amen amen hey we're finishing a four-part series today I was going to finish it last week but I just couldn't um called built to last it's not just about building your life it's about building something that lasts in life so many people can attract a crowd and then they lose everything. Or so many people can, uh, can build something uh, that, that, that's admirable in their lives and that people say, wow, you did a great job. And all of a sudden, you know, in two or three months or two or three years, they're back at the bottom again in their lives. The reality is the church of God, the things of God, the plans of God are something that's an everlasting building. It's something that he's building in our life. He's building us individually. He's building our families. He's building the church. He's building his kingdom. He's building the purpose. But he wants to establish it on something that's solid, built to last in our lives. So the first week we talked about, it was called foundation is everything. To sum it up, it would be this, that Jesus has to be the foundation of your life. Somebody say amen today. Jesus has to be the foundation of your life and what you do. If he's not, you'll always try to come up with something and it won't be solid. Number two, we talked about where are those blueprints, that God wrote the blueprints of your life already. What that means is that you don't have to come up with your own plans. You don't have to come up, you don't have to get together and try to figure out, what am I doing this year? I just can't figure out what, what my next steps are. God already wrote out your life. He already wrote out every single one of your days. He already wrote out what you're supposed to do. He already knows what you're supposed to be. He already knows what you're fashioned for. He already knows what you're created for. Those little quirks and that personality that you have, the, the, the thing that you may hate about yourself, God wants to use it. He, it's probably for a specific reason and a specific purpose that he's going to use for his glory. Where are those blueprints? And then last week, we talked about you are God's building was actually out of the, the scripture we just read in 1 Corinthians 3 that Paul said, I, we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, and you are God's building. When the Lord is using, and when the Bible is using an analogy or using a, a parable or a parallel of what our lives are like, he uses the words in a number of places of a building and of a field. 
Why? Because all buildings need foundation and need to be built in levels and with purpose and intentionality. All fields need to be planted and harvested in a certain way. If you're a, har- if you're a farmer, you don't just show up in a certain month and all of a sudden you have harvest. No, there's a certain plowing that it takes. There's a certain cultivating. There's a certain planting. There's a certain watering and sunlight and all the things that it needs, just the right amount. And then there's a certain time for harvest and then a certain time to take up the harvest. So when we're building our lives solid and seeing Jesus build our lives solid, it's compared to a building and it's compared to a field. And that's what we're going to wrap up today. This is called You Are God's Field. A building is built on the foundation, but it's built one brick at a time. You are God's field. A field is requires planting seed and cultivating, and that's some of the things we're going to talk about. But I want to go to Jesus' words in Mark chapter 4. If you turn there, Mark chapter 4, verse 26, you are God's field. Jesus said this, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Just stop there for a minute. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. What is he saying? Everything about your life is not quick fix. Everything about your life is not about microwave results. It's about seed time and harvest. It's about planting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and then seeing the results. And planting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and seeing the results. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed. Everything in the kingdom of God starts with a seed. And it starts with having seed in the ground. And then it comes into a harvest time, a harvest period in your life. That's how the kingdom of God works. I know that we would like to live miracle to miracle. And just say, well, all I really need is a miracle. In fact, I've had people in my life that have said, you know, I don't need all the the extra stuff. I'm just going to almost like the word of God and other things are set aside. I just need someone to pray for me. I just need to get my miracle. I need to get my fix. And then they get it and they say, see, it worked. But then what do they need next time? Well, they need the miracle again. They're living from miracle to miracle. But the kingdom of God doesn't work work that way. It works seed Seed time and harvest, seed time and harvest, planting, work, process, just like a building takes process and takes work, seed time and harvest takes work. That's how our lives are built strong. He says here in verse 27, and the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. Notice you don't have to know everything about the process. You just have to plant the seed. He says, For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Can you say the harvest has come? See, we all want the harvest, but the process to get the harvest is a pain in the behind. It's a lot of work. And so what do we do? We give up on the process and we get impatient. So in this example, what is the seed? The seed is God's word. Can you say God's word? The seed is God's word. What does that mean? It means for you to get a harvest in your life, you have to plant the word of God. I'm not talking about a devotional book. I'm not talking about a dream you had. 
I'm not talking about some clever saying that someone had or a quote book. You know what gets me through? It gets me through to have this or have. No, listen, you have to plant the word of God. Why? Because the word of God is not history. The word of God is alive and powerful. Seeds are living they look like they're just in that package and they're dead, but they're alive. The words of God are alive. When you plant them in your heart, it's not just a good thought of inspiration that gets you through. It's something that goes in very small and it will produce very big. So the word of God is the seed. What is the soil? It's your heart. Can you just go like this? Come on. Just right here. In my heart is, is the soil. So you have to plant the word of God into your heart, into the soil of your heart. There's, you know, you plan it through what you see, you plan it through your ears, you plan it through your, what you say, you know, monkey see, monkey do, monk, speak no evil, you know, those, th those three things, right? But Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. What was he saying? He wasn't saying just physical ears, he was talking about spiritual ears. In fact, he told some people, hearing they don't hear, seeing they don't see. He's, he's saying you have to plant the spiritual word of God by receiving it into your spiritual ears and you're and hearing it with your spiritual ears and seeing it with your spiritual eyes that's how you plant the word of god inside of your heart and then well who who's the farmer you are see sometimes we want someone else to be the farmer you want the preacher to be the farmer you want the lord to be the farmer you want your family to be the farmer all i need is for their their prayers they're the thing that got me through they are the thing that can pull you through but let me tell you, you don't need someone else to pull you through all the time. Well, that's how I've gotten results before. I've just asked someone to pray for me. That's true. And a baby, when a baby begins to walk, they will have someone come alongside of them and pick them up and help them to keep walking. But if they're still doing it when they're 15 years old, there's a problem. Right? See, God will do miracles and do things through prayer, and, and, and he'll do it all of our lives. Don't get me wrong. He'll do that. But I'm saying that's not the way we live life. We live life by the seed of the word of God going in and harvest coming up, right? And seeing the results come out on a regular basis. And it's called independence, and then there becomes interdependence within the body of Christ that we're working together. But God's word is the seed, your heart is the word, and you are the farmer, so I'm going to give you three things it takes to produce a good crop. And this, it, it's this. Number one, you have to scatter seed. Say that with me. You have to scatter seed. He said the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. The primary farmer of your heart is you. You have to scatter seed in your heart. Well, let me ask you this. When you put seed in your heart, which is the word of God, what does it produce? Well, let me tell you, it produces faith. When the word of God comes alive and grows, it grows up into something called faith. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the product of the word of God sown into the soil of your heart spiritually is faith. And you, you, you put faith in there and you get faith. I mean, you get the word of God in there and you get faith. Romans chapter 10 says, how shall they believe, that's faith, in whom they have not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? What is he saying? It starts with being sent, then it goes to preaching the words of God, then it goes to faith, and then it goes to repentance and you know, salvation in your life. But the process doesn't start with, the process starts with planting the seed. You have to hear the gospel 
And then you have to believe the gospel in order to receive Jesus in your life. And, 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 but, but the same thing happens with healing in your life. You know, sometimes we go, well, I prayed, and what happened? Well, what you, you have to do is you have to plant the word of God and believe that God is your healer as well. And believe the words of God that he came and by his stripes you're healed and you plant the scriptures of the word of God. You say, well, when I pray, I don't believe. See, sometimes people, sometimes people won't take responsibility for their own prayers. They'll pray and they'll say, what if I pray and I don't believe? Well, that's like saying, what if I go out to a field and I don't have a harvest? Do I blame it on the field? Or do I, as the farmer, go out and say, let me figure out how to get a harvest in that field? See, if you want tomatoes, what do you plant? Tomato seeds. Do you plant corn? No, you plant tomatoes. If you want corn, what do you plant? Corn, right? If you want apples, what do you plant? You plant apples, oranges, and so on. You plant whatever you want the harvest for. But you're the farmer of your own heart. So wherever your faith is, is in, a, in an area has to do with how much seed you've planted in that area. If you've been, that's why a lot of people are convinced of salvation and knowing they're going to heaven because they've heard gospel messages all their life. And they hear that Jesus died on the cross and that he took all of their sins and they receive him as Lord. So they don't doubt that. And they say, well, I believe that, but I just don't believe anything else. I, have, I struggle with everything else. Start believing God concerning any area, but it's not just an, a, a choice. It's a seed. You got to get scripture. You got to get God's will down on the inside of your heart. So what harvest does the word of God produce? Faith. Faith in what? Faith in whatever you're hearing. Faith in whatever you're hearing. It also is in the opposite. If you have someone tell you that God doesn't love you, if you have someone to tell you that God's trying to hammer you every time you do something wrong, God's trying to beat you up, God's trying to condemn you, you'll start believing it. And it's not called faith. It'll call fear. You start having fear. Fear, I'm afraid of the Lord. I'm not fear of God healthy. But I start avoiding God in my life. Start having kind of a negative faith, so to speak. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you lack faith in an area, sow the seed of God's word into that area. Again, if you need tomatoes, you plant tomato seeds, apples, oranges, same thing. If you need salvation and you, don't, you doubt your salvation, start planting the seeds of the word of God, what God says about salvation in your life. If you are guilt-ridden and you feel like you're just, all of your life is just full of guilt. I don't know what I'm, what's going on in my life. I just feel so guilty. I feel like I want to avoid God and go away from, you need to plant the word of God inside of your heart until it grows up and produces a harvest and you have faith and believe what God believes about you concerning that. If you, finances, if you have a problem with finances, there are people that are constantly worried about money. Rich people, poor people, doesn't even matter how much they have in their account, they're worried about money. But what do you have to do? You shouldn't be afraid about anything. So what do you do? You have to plant the words of God down into your heart until you begin to see the blessing of God. Finances, you begin to see the hand of the Lord, the blessing of God, the way that God sees it on your life. And what does it do? It alleviates fear because you realize that God's got you and you don't have to get yourself. Somebody say Amen. You have to plant whatever you need. Other people, their callings. They don't know what it is that they're called to do in life. And they're constantly saying, I, I know people that they've gone for years and they're like, I don't know what it is. I'm just so lost. I'm just so lost. And I say, can I give you a good place to start? start? Yeah, stop saying you're lost. 
Because the more you say you're lost, the more you'll get lost. We just read it in today's reading. got up and read it this morning. In your light, we see light. You never find more light in darkness. You always find light in light. Stop talking about the darkness and thinking you're going to get more light. You don't say, I'm lost. No, what do you say? No, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's what you say. What you say is the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. He shall direct my paths. He promised it. So I know what to do. The Bible says in James 1.5, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproaching it will be given to him. So I ask in faith without doubting and I believe that I have the wisdom of God. But I don't know what to do. Quit saying that. Say, I do know what to do in the name of Jesus. Why? Because, great, because inside of me, I have the mind of Christ. I have the heart of the Lord. I think the way the Lord wants me to think. Well, not all the time. I know not all the time, Joker. I know that. But what I am saying is we need to confess the word of God and get the word of God in our hearts. Why? Until it becomes more real. The seed and the awareness of the seed and the cultivation of God's word becomes more aware than all of the junk that we're going through in our lives. So whatever you need, plan it. If you need to understanding, direction, wisdom, finances, healing, salvation, forgiveness of sins, whatever area you're, you're dealing with, plant the word of God in that area until you get the harvest. How do you know you got the harvest? You'll believe it. The harvest is faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You'll believe it. So number one, Number one is you have to scatter seed. No one's going to do it for you. Number two, you have to be patient. It will grow. You have to be patient. Can you say the word patient? To some, that's a curse word. Patient. Oh, you just have to hold on. I hate to hold on. I know some people that just say, I just hate to wait. I hate to wait. I hate to hold on. I want things now. They say it. I want it now. But you know, in the kingdom of God, you just don't get that. How many of you have had to wait on God before? Oh, come on. How many love it? Yeah, some people, I love it, dear brother. Most of the time I don't, right? I want it now. If I'm praying for something, good to see you guys. If I want it, I want it now. I want to pray and I want to see it there by in two hours, right? I want to see it now or the end of my prayer. I want to see it happen. And if it didn't, come on, what's going on, God? So we start coming up with these things that maybe God said no. No, maybe God said that it's growing, Maybe God said you're not ready for that prayer yet. Maybe God said that you're praying for God to call you into something and your character is not at the place for you to be there yet. And God's saying, no, someone's growing in this process and it ain't me. So what do I need you to do? I need you to wait till the seed is growing in the ground. The other thing you want to do is you want to pull up the seed, right? I remember planting one time these little carrots, and the carrots were supposed to be like this big. And then I waited and waited and waited, and I said, I'm tired of these carrots. And I pulled the carrot up, and the carrot was like a little bitty thing like this. You know, that's sometimes what we do with our prayers. We pray. We ask the Lord for something, right? And we get in there, and we just see a little bitty, bitty, bitty. We think, and that's not what I prayed for. So you pull up the whole thing. No, sit it in the ground, water it. Believe that God's word is growing in your heart. Believe that faith is growing in your heart. And you grow from glory to glory and faith to faith. Here a little, there a little. Notice, you have to be patient, and it will grow. He says that you should sleep by night, rise by day, the seed should sprout and grow, and he himself does not know how, for the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, then the full grain in the head. Notice, sleep by night and rise by day. What does that mean? It takes time for the seed to grow. 
It takes time for the seed to grow. Seed is a living organism. It will grow on its own. It doesn't need you. It doesn't need you to worry about its progress. The seed of the word of God doesn't need you to worry about if it's going to come to pass or not. It will grow. If you, listen, Jesus said, if you plant God's word in your heart, it will grow. You don't have to worry about it growing. It'll grow. It's like a little baby worrying about, am I going to grow? They're not worried about it. They're going to grow. And the seed of the word of God is going to grow. Sleep by night and rise by day. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says that if you become sluggish, don't become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Can you say faith and patience? Well, if you didn't have to have faith and patience, then everything would be instant. But what is he saying? The word of God, the kingdom of God is seed time and harvest. It doesn't only take faith. It takes patience. What is, what is patience? It means waiting longer than you want to wait. Waiting longer than you want to wait. And what are you waiting for? For the seed to grow. For your faith to be at the place where you can walk in the things that you're ready to possess. Because if, if you get the things and you're not at the faith to keep the things, then you'll lose the things. So your faith's growing to a place where, where the things can produce, but you can also walk in them. Somebody say amen. You have to be patient. It will grow. Sleep by night and rise by day. Imitate those who through faith and patience, anyone you see who's solid, anyone you see who has a big harvest, they've been patient and they've continued to sow and they've continued to cultivate and they've continued to do it when they didn't see the results, but they just believed in the process. Somebody say amen today. He says, he himself does not know how. You know what that means? It means you don't need to know how it works for it to work. You don't need to know how oxygen works for you to breathe in today. Well, I, I need to understand it first. No, you don't. H2O. I need to understand how water, what water really does before I drink it. That's how sometimes people are with God, is I need to understand how God works before I... You don't need to know. Here's what you do need to know. You're the farmer. You have a heart. You need to plant God's word in your heart. And what happens? It will grow. How will it grow? You don't need to worry about that. The Bible says the earth yields seed. He himself does not know how. It'll yield seed by itself. Sometimes we think we need more knowledge. I think this is another trap of the enemy. That we're praying about stuff and we think, I just need to know more about it. I need to read another book. I need to hear another podcast. I need to, before I, before I really understand this whole thing, I really need to, un, I need to get more knowledge about it. Has, has that ever happened to you? I need to get more knowledge. No, you don't need to get more knowledge. You need to get the pure word of God inside of your heart and just believe it. Keep it inside. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, people aren't going to speak the word and they're not going to translate it and, and break it down and help you to understand it and things. But it's probably not knowledge that's holding you back. It's the process of keeping God's word in your heart. And then he says, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. First the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. I don't know about you, but some people have green thumbs and some people have black thumbs, okay? Meaning uh, that some people can plant things and they, it just seems like everything's beautiful and other people plant stuff and it seems like I am horrible at this whole process. I remember planting stuff and, and my problem was waiting. You know, you, you plant it, you water it, 
And then you wait, and I think it's not working. I come out, and I say, it's not working. It's not working. I want to just dig it up just to see if it's working, right? I want to dig it up. And then all of a sudden, I remember one time I planted something. I said, I'm just going to be patient and leave it there. And I look down. I get down there, and I said, oh, my goodness. I see this little bitty green thing, like, you know, bleep, just kind of, bleep, just kind of came out. And you know what my first thought was? I waited for that. I planted and I waited and I watered and I did sunlight and I did all the stuff. I took my time for that. Sometimes that's what we do with our prayers is that you see a blade and you think that's the harvest. No, that's the evidence that the harvest is coming. It's not the time to cash in the harvest. It's the time to be encouraged that the harvest, that something's producing something's being confirmed that the word of God, that God's on your side. Something's being confirmed that your prayers are, have been heard and that something's happening. That's why he says, first the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. What do you have to do as a farmer? Keep the seed in the ground. Keep watering. Keep understanding. Keep sunlight. Keep focusing on the seed. Don't dig it up. Don't get discouraged. Water, sunlight, protection. Number two, you have to be patient. Just say it. I have to be patient. How many could grow in that area right there? Yeah, you're growing some patience in your life. You have to grow in that area. And then number three is this. You have to know when it's harvest time. Church, I think there's too many spiritually faith-filled, fat-filled, big old people who are filled up on, I have all this understanding and knowledge and faith but they have overproduced harvests that they're not doing anything with their faith. If you are a farmer and you've worked to cultivate and plant and do all this and it's harvest time and you're like, isn't that a beautiful harvest? Let's take a picture of it. Let's do a video of it. Let's do all this stuff. But you don't cash in on the harvest. In other words, you don't use the harvest for why you produced it. You don't actually uh, step up and, 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 and put in the sickle. Notice what he says though. He says, but when the grain ripens, immediately, say immediately, immediately. You know what that means? He's looking at it. As soon as it's harvest time, he knows it's harvest time. And what does he do? He says, it's time to put in the sickle. I'm at the place to where I can put in the sickle. I'm at the place to where I believe. I'm at the place to where I'm there. And now I can step out into what it is. I think we always want to say, God, you just tell me what to do and I'll just do it. And he, he will do it. But a lot of times it's a process. It's a process of this is what you're going to do. But for right now, just sit down, be quiet, and sow the word of God in your heart. Be humble. And eventually you'll know when it's time. But we're, we're, we're sometimes waiting in that process. The seed, so, so here's, the, here's the thing. The seed always comes first. Then there's a long waiting period. Then there's a harvest period. It, this is how the kingdom of God works. The seed, the waiting, and the harvest. We always want the harvest. We always want the prayer and the harvest, but the kingdom of God operates this way. In other words, the normal way of the kingdom of God is seed time and harvest. Remember, in the book of Acts, chapter 14, Paul, the apostle, was teaching the word of God one day to a crowd. And it says in Acts 14, verse 9, this man heard Paul speaking. Notice he heard. What comes by hearing? Faith comes by hearing, right? This man was listening to Paul speaking and Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. I want you to notice this. Paul saw that the man had faith to be healed. Did the man have faith to be healed? 
Come on, answer me. Did the man have faith to be healed? But at the time, was the man healed? Which shows you can have faith for it, but not see the results of it. And you could actually sit in that situation forever. Well, I have the faith. It's not just about the faith. It's about the faith and the sickle when the harvest is grown. Because the kingdom of God, all the kingdom of God operates this way. So it says, this man heard Paul speaking and Paul observing him intently. He was looking at this man and he saw that he had faith to be healed. And Paul said with a loud voice, stand up, straight on your feet. And the man leaped and walked. I think the man could have done this without Paul. I don't think it was Paul doing the work. I think it was Paul seeing the man already had faith and said, just get up and do it. He called his faith up. What did he do? He said, your faith's there. You just need to stand up and walk. Can I tell you, there are people here today, there are people watching online today that you've been believing for stuff. You've been in a place to where your heart is full. You've been patient. And it's just about time that God's about to call you up and say, put in the sickle. It's time. Rise up. Walk. Be who God's called you to be. You don't need another book. You don't need another devotional. You don't need another 30-day devotional. No, you need to step up and just obey the voice of the Lord. Somebody say amen. Other people, God is saying, you just need to wait and keep the word of God sown in your heart and keep confessing the word and allowing the word of God to grow and know the process isn't, is, it is happening. You don't see it, but it's happening. God's word is growing in your heart. You are becoming who God wants you to be. The man had faith to be healed and he wasn't healed, but Paul called him to put in the sickle. So let me bring this home today. Christmas is one of the best seasons for harvest. Church, Christmas is one of the best seasons. People are singing about Jesus. People are singing about the light of the world and these things. It's the best season for people to come to Jesus. Let me tell you, this season, would you let your light so shine before men? This season, would you open up your heart? With the state that our world is into, people are so lost. People are so lonely. People are so desperate. People need hope. I just read on December the 5th that as of December the 4th, Memphis hit an all-time record of 300 homicides for the year. Last year at this time, it was 191. This year, 334 of them were children right here in the city. People are in, in desperate states. That's people who don't live here anymore because of the darkness that's going on. And that's just in this city. The enemy comes, he doesn't come for any other reason to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to take from you. But listen, people need Jesus. Can somebody say amen? People need Jesus. John said, I want to tell you about one more seed that was planted. John, Jesus said in John chapter 12, before his life was ended, some Greeks came to a fest festival to worship or a worship uh, a time to come together to worship, and they were asking where Jesus was. Jesus sent this reply back to him, and he said, the time has now come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. What is he saying? He said, I can't, I have a purpose for which I've come, and I'm about to finish that. He said, but I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone, but its death will produce many kernels, a plentiful harvest of new life new lives. Listen, Jesus had to come to this earth and die so that new life could be produced. 
People said, no, you're not going to, Peter said, you're not going to die. I'll die before you. You're not going to die. He said, I have to die so that new life can be produced. You know what that says? It says that, um, that Jesus had to die to produce believers and Christians. See, a seed always produces itself. Seed always will produce what it is. You know, apples produce apples. Jesus produced born-again believers. Jesus is the firstborn. And he had to lay down his life and die so that people can be alive. People cannot save themselves. People cannot redeem themselves. People cannot plant their own seed and see the results. They need the seed of Jesus. They need Jesus to be alive in them, born in them, growing in them, and cause them to be born again. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection produces new life in us. I remember a while back I was talking to a a man here on the street, very depressed, very discouraged, He began to tell me how hopeless his life was, how he didn't know how much longer he was going to be able to live, how he'd been dealt a bad hand all of his life, and anyone who he'd reached out to seemed to just turn him away. The conversation got darker and darker. No one would give him a break. And as I sat there, I thought, I can't get in the middle of that. I can let him know that I understand where he's coming from, but I began to share about Jesus with him. I prayed with him, asked him if he wanted to make Jesus the Lord of his life. He made Jesus the Lord of his life. All of a sudden, everything changed. He got brighter. His his countenance got brighter. His hope got brighter. Why? Because it wasn't just changing his mindset. It was causing some new birth to happen, new life to happen on the inside of him. You know, every person needs that. Can I tell you what my heart is? I know it's a a huge goal. I want to see every person in Memphis come to Jesus. I want to see every person in Memphis. There's like between a million and three, a million and four. I want to see every person come to Jesus. And I've been asking the Lord, how can we have an outreach plan? I didn't come here to build a church. You know, we had a big church. I'm not, that's not what I'm trying to, I want to reach people for Jesus. I really want to see people come to the Lord. You want to see people come to the Lord. That's what it's all about. Somebody say amen. That's what we need to do together. Let's be praying for a harvest. Let's be praying during this Christmas. Let's believe that your circle of influence, your friends, your family, just start there. So many times it's easy to skip over who you know and go to someone else, but just start with who the Lord's given you. Most important thing in a person's life is to have Jesus living and Jesus' words alive in them. It's the two things that you can do to produce a solid life, to produce a a built-to-last life is to have Jesus and to have the Word of God planted in your heart and live there. And I promise your life will be undeniably different. Everyone needs Jesus. So I'm going to ask you again next weekend on our Welcome Home Christmas, if you can come, we'd love for you to come on Saturday. We'd love for you to come on Sunday. I'd love for you to invite two people. Share it on social media as we send some things out. But uh, we know the church isn't the answer, but Jesus is the answer. And let's bring Jesus to people. I want you to do this. Would you bow your heads this morning and ask this simple question? Say, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? Just ask that question. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? What are you saying to my life? What changes do you want me to make? 
Maybe things I haven't taken responsibility for in this. Maybe I've been blaming it on someone else or a past experience. I've been, been a victim instead of taking responsibility for my own life and planning the word of God inside of me. Lord, I take responsibility to read your word every day. Lord, I take responsibility to spend time with you every day. Even if it's five minutes, ten minutes, it's where I'm going to start, Lord. And if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. So say this, today I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God's raised him from the dead. And today I'm saved. Thank you, Jesus, for it. Hey, look up at me for a moment. We're just about done. Um, we're going to sing one more song. Don't leave yet unless it's an emergency. But um, our prayer team is going to be standing up front for you. And uh, if you need prayer for anything, if you need someone to agree with you in prayer, going through a hard time, we've all been there. We all go through those things. Someone's going to be up here, but I'd love for you to come up and get some prayer today. If you're online and you need prayer, would you let us know? And we're going to pray for you as well. But don't leave that yet. Would you stand up? Let's worship God one more time before we leave. And let's sing together. Come on, with all of our hearts, let's sing together. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast. Yeah.